Hey guys, welcome to our first episode. My name is Nancy. Mine's Cindy. My name is Linda. I'm Vicky. And together we are Her, Her Stories. So we hope that you listened to our first introduction episode that kind of gives you a brief overview about ourselves and the purpose for us starting our podcast. So we thought today it would be fitting to um, start the discussion about who we are, our culture, and our parents' refugee stories. So before we get into our refugee stories, we're just going to talk about um, what Hmong people are. If you guys have never heard of Hmong people, it's spelled H-M-O-N-G. And we are an ethnic group that originated from China a long, long time ago. And then because of wars, we were spread out through Vietnam, Laos, and Thailand primarily. Then after the Vietnam War, we were kind of chased out of Laos and Thailand and Vietnam, and we got spread through to Canada, the United States, France, and Australia, and we were accepted through lots of missionary um, churches. Um, so we don't really have our own country at the moment, but we do have our own language, and the word Hmong means, I believe, the free people. I think that's what my mom said. Really? Yeah, like free, that's cool. know, something like that. Sorry, sorry if I'm wrong, but um, yeah, that's just a little bit about us, and I guess we'll tell you guys individually our parents' stories of how they came here, because none of us were born in Laos, we were all born here in Canada, but every single one of our parents were born in Thailand, so, or, or Laos, so we can start with, Nancy, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So I'm going to be focusing a little bit more on my, my mother and her story, um, I, I spent some time with her just interviewing her and uh, I learned a lot of things about her story and kind of made me emotional. So if I get emotional during this time, hopefully someone can step in. <laughs> but um, um, she just mentioned that she be, when uh, she was living in Laos, um, <clears throat> before they came to Canada, they stayed at a refugee camp. Um, she didn't explain to me much about her story before the refugee camp, but she said that uh, the, the process of getting into Canada was quite long, or no, sorry, quite short. So um, she had to be interviewed, and she said that they had, um, the Canadian government had Hmong people come in who were able to speak English, and they helped interpret for um, the Canadian officials that were there. And uh, she mentioned that after the interview, about two or three days later is when they posted a list with all of the names of the people who had passed the interview. So the process was quite fast, and she said a week after that, they were on a bus to the airport. And um, once they finally got through to Canada, they she, was, uh, she went to Quebec first. So she lived in Quebec, and she stayed in a hotel for about a month and then when the government was finally able to find subsidized housing for her um, they provided her with her own uh, housing and I just asked her a little bit about how she felt uh, about Canada her first impressions and she she mentioned that she wasn't able to eat the food comfortably everything just didn't fit right with her stomach Um, she also mentioned that she felt like she was in hell I guess because she just wasn't able to uh, integrate into the culture and obviously the language barrier was really hard for her so um, she felt like she was her own, in her own hell 
And she really wanted to go back home because she had left her mother. So then my mother was relocated, relocated to another, a different province in Canada. And in that province, there was a, a bigger Hmong community there. So she felt a little bit better. She felt like she was able to integrate into the community and was able to discover her identity um, as a, uh, an immigrant to Canada. I know that, so Nancy, I know that you, this is probably the first time you've asked your mom about, like specifically Mm -hmm. how she came to Canada, but what sticks out for you in her journey in particular? Mm. I think what was the most surprising to me was the actual process of like being interviewed and, and um, how fast it was, because it literally was over the, the course of like a week and a half that they were interviewed accepted Mm -hmm. and then in Canada and so from her perspective I was trying to think from her perspective how hard that would have been Mm -hmm. and she was so young too and then having literally a week to just uproot her life uproot everything and then leave your mom your mom yeah that's and your family so to a country where you don't even speak the language yeah like I like she did mention that she was happy that she was able to come to Canada because um, she wanted a, a better life for herself too, but she, because she was leaving so many things behind at such a fast pace, mm-hmm. it was so uncomfortable for her. So it was a bittersweet time for her. Mm-hmm. And I think that hit me the most because I, I really didn't know that part. Yeah. I feel like we're so blessed because we just were born here. And this is what we've always mm-hmm. known. No one's ever forced us to leave our comfort zone, which mm-hmm. is an English speaking country, Canada, like even that. So. I can't, like, I know I hear stories all the time, but I'm trying to process it and, like, mm-hmm. empathize, I guess. It's so difficult. Yeah. Because when sure. they tell us, it just sounds like a movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're mm-hmm. watching a movie or, or listening to a story. It's not like you're living through it. But when you really think about it, I couldn't even, they're so strong. I don't know how they were able to get through all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a part of our history, but it's not our lived experience. Yeah. But we're so, like, closely tied to it yeah the story right so yeah. we should talk more with our parents yeah seriously yeah what about you cindy you had you had the um opportunity to interview dad right yeah so um when i talked to dad he um talked more about the war um he pretty much explained to me that the reason why they had to leave Laos was because um, there was a war between North Vietnam. They were trying to take over Laos. Um, And then the Americans recruited the Hmong people to help fight the war. But once the Americans had to go back home, then the the Hmong people were left unprotected. Um, So they pretty much decided that they needed to leave. Um, So dad told me about his uh, journey, he said that um, our parents and um, his niece, so our sister, cousin, yeah, yeah. Um, they escaped, they tried to escape to Thailand, um, but when they got to like the border, uh, dad wasn't allowed to cross because he was part of the, the, the army. So they said that he had to stay, but he allowed um, our other family to go. And then he said he was in Laos for about a month, trying to find a way to uh, reconnect with um, our, our mom. 
and our niece. And then um, he said that once he, he said pretty much that um, the, the reason he was able to escape was because they kind of weren't really watching over him. And so he asked um, family, I think it was family, what he said was he recruited someone to take him across. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't know if it was a family, but like he asked someone, he pay, maybe paid someone to take him uh, by boat across the Mekong River. Oh. And then that's how he finally like left Laos and then found our, um, our, our moms. And then um, he said that I thought, I was under the impression that they left immediately to Canada, but he Me said too. they actually resided oh. there for about four years. Yeah. Oh, in yeah. the refugee camp. In refugee camps before they were even yeah. like interviewed and stuff like that. I had no idea. I thought it was literally like a fast. I thought so too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I had no idea. Four years. Um, no wonder so many people can speak like Thai. Yeah, yeah. that's why Dad's very very uh, bilingual. He's like, like tri- tri- trilingual. Yeah, yeah. and he can speak more. French. He can speak French, <laughs> Mong, but he speaks Thai, 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 English. English. Yeah, he speaks a lot of different languages. Yeah, yeah. He's a experience. Yeah, so that's pretty much what he told me. He said. That uh, they finally arrived to Quebec in July 1979. <laughs> I love how he knows the dates. He knows the dates, <laughs> yeah. Um, because, because he know how to he knew how to speak French, they moved him to Quebec. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yes. Mm-hmm. So Where they, did he learn French? I don't know. Our city. Oh. Laos was Laos colonized, colonized by, by oh, the French. Oh, right. Okay. So okay. he had some... Um, some schooling in Laos. Yeah, because he was a, a translator. No, he was an he was a teacher. Interp- oh, I don't know if he was an interpreter. I don't know about that. Could have. He could have been. been. Yeah. Right. Oh, but yeah. So they moved to Quebec in July 1979. Uh, stayed there until 1982, and then moved to a different uh, province afterwards. Uh, he said the reason why he moved out of Quebec is because he wanted his kids to learn English. Mm. So, A plus dad. We would have been Quebecois. Oh my gosh, we wouldn't have been even really known each other that well if you guys never came to Ontario. Well, I mean, like uh, we would still be family, but like I, we wouldn't be this close. Like we wouldn't be maybe. sitting here in this room. We right probably now. would just yeah. know of. Yeah. Well, well, the reason why your dad was here though was because my dad was here. That's right? true. So maybe, maybe my dad, dad would have been here. Quebec. Yeah. That's crazy. So yeah. I, who knows? So I thought that. Um, our cousin, who came with dad and them, mm-hmm. m- was uh, sent to U.S. No. But then I found out that it's because she just got married and then moved to the U.S. Oh. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, I had no idea. I thought it was like she was separated. No, she stayed with them until Because I was like, married. why is she so far away? Yeah. Oh, so she, if she wasn't married, she wouldn't have gone with your dad then? No, no. so she came with my dad oh, here to, to Quebec. Oh, mm-hmm. and then she And then married someone and moved to the U.S. Oh, yeah, I see. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't yeah. know that. I thought she was, like, separated, but I guess not. Hmm. Interesting. So what about you, Landa? Does anybody have any questions for Cindy? I guess just, I guess the same question that Linda asked me. Like, yeah. what did you find most surprising or what did you, what did you find out about dad i I think the thing that made me like sad i guess was the fact that like um how he just explained how like once the americans left they were like unprotected and so sad yeah i didn't know that they were like i don't think tortured is the right word maybe it is tortured but like they were abused and yeah they were oppressed it's that made me really sad. I was like, oh, I'm about to cry right now. I'm like, oh, I know. I'm so sorry. Your voice is like breaking down. <laughs> yeah, I can't like, look at you. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then the fact that they were separated too, and then dad had to like find a way to like meet her like mom again is like so sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, how brave are you to like? You must be very brave to just like hire some random person to take you across the boat or yes. on a boat. Yeah, that's stay. risky. Yeah. yeah, he's an OG though. Yeah, I'm he's not surprised. Went on a covert mission. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I I wonder when you were talking with him. How was it like for him when he was explaining to you? Like, was he excited or was he kind of nostalgic or what? What was the emotion that he was? Um, he wasn't excited, but mm-hmm. he was just kind of like calm, just really explaining his story. The thing that I was telling you before was like, you know, when you talk, uh, this is just me generalizing, I'm not sure, <laughs> but like when you talk to like a woman and you yeah. ask her questions about her journey, she's very detailed. Yeah. You know? Like, and then we were in the forest running, you know? <laughs> but with that, he's just, like, facts. Like, and that's why he knows it ain't 1979. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, July. And he's very, like, vague. Mm. Stuff. Like, I actually had to push him yeah. for a lot of information. And that's, and that's kind of weird coming from him because yeah. he's a big storyteller. Yeah. I think it would have been different if you didn't have questions. And you're mm. like, Dad, tell me from the day that the war started what, what transpired yeah. in your life. And it may be might have been a totally different conversation and like to be honest i think a part of me was kind of scared to ask about his role in the war yeah because i don't want to really know like i do want to know but i'm like afraid yeah because like it's gonna hurt like your heart you know yeah. his heart you mean it's gonna hurt my heart to oh, know what my hurt. dad had to do like yeah to like protect himself or like protect the Hmong people yeah so. yeah and he, he was kind of reluctant to talk about it too he was just like really like i would ask him like okay so what else like what else and he was like and then we moved. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> then we're here. <laughs> do, you think that, do you think that's part of, like, them kind of suppressing the memories? Yeah, I think so. Maybe because it's such, like, a difficult thing to, like... Yeah. He yeah. also is really old, so... Yeah. yeah. And then he's, like, to remember it. Yeah. How old is that? Like, 70... Four, 74, 75 now? Yeah, maybe but I think, both. I think it has more to do with the fact that, like, he just doesn't want to yeah. relive it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Rather than, like, the fact that he's old. Because yeah. those kind of memories, they're, like, traumatizing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. they'll stay with you forever. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's such a shock to me that he didn't go into a bit more detail. Because no. he will literally talk your ear off for, <laughs> as long as you have Days that time, end. he's going to tell you his life story. I literally set aside, like, an hour. I was like, okay, <laughs> I know I'm going to be here for at least an hour. Um, because dad is a talker and will talk your ear off but i finished this interview in like okay. 30 minutes right. not even oh, wow. and 30 minutes of like half of the time me pressing him for information <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so what about you linda okay well my mom was really when i asked when i approached her to have this this conversation with me about you know her refugee story she was really excited. She's like, okay, girl, I'm going to tell you from day one. <laughs> I was like, okay. So she gave me a little bit of, like, even background history about the war. She said, um, and this could all be incorrect because, uh, one, language barrier, right? And two, I'm just not sure how how um, how valid it is or um, what's going on. And it could be, like, loss of memory. So um, please bear with me if, like, any of the historical facts are off, but... Um, so she told me that in, um, in Laos, there were two, two, there was a king who had two sons and, um, 
the oldest there was an older one obviously and then a younger one and the older one was set to kind of take over his father's land or the the country whatever and rule the country um and the young one like kind of wasn't okay with that so he went to north vietnam and started his own went over there and kind of um, took care of things over there um and eventually he wanted to come back to um i guess overthrow his brother um and he asked for his brother to um to sign a treaty together for peace but some someone ended up betraying another um and that's kind of how the war broke out Mm -hmm. so that's the vietnam war yeah so that was the like the north vietnam Mm -hmm. Vietnam. right north vietnam and laos so they were trying to trying to overthrow laos and so the Hmong people were involved they were only this weekend i found out like this the special guerrilla unit and they were um they were being um supported by the american Mm -hmm. um american government at the time uh, so that's a little bit of the background history that my mom told me about. But specifically, um, she told me that she was her dad and my mom were debating uh, about coming to Canada for a really long time. But when the war broke out, um, dad was a part of the special guerrilla unit and thought it wouldn't be safe to stay around. Um, so that's kind of the ultimate decision that they made as a result because he would get killed either way, right? And people were so afraid, the Hmong people were so afraid that they were going to be oppressed and persecuted and they were going to be killed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because of the overthrowing that was taking place. So, um, <laughs> so sorry, well, ignore the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after that, um, once they decided to flee to Thailand, um, similarly to what dad was saying they kind of met a roadblock where there were protesters that were there and they they inspect the cars coming through however they're getting there um and one of the main poster protester guys saw dad and dad's kind of someone with um credibility and he's like what are you what are you doing are you trying to flee our country right like we need you to help us fight so um he's like uh you're staying here with us Right, so that's how Dad got caught up in 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 that roadblock, and mm-hmm. um, the rest of the family got to go through. Um, and I guess they were separated for a month. I don't yeah. recall what my mom my mom didn't really give me the timeline on that, but um, he found his way back to them, um, and then they hired. I don't know. I don't know. There might be conflicting information here, but my mom told me they hired. Um, Eleusian person to uh, to um, uh, get them across the Mekong River, like to get Dad across the Mekong River. Well, I don't they know if she crossed? said. Um, I don't know if she said um, if it was him or her or Maybe. both of them. But she, that's what all she said to me is that mm. th- that they went to the Mekong River at night, at night time. Mm. Um, and then once they got there, um, they went. They uh, went straight to the refugee camp um, and was there for four years as well. And they were there at the refugee camp. When they first arrived to the refugee camp, they literally didn't have anywhere to stay. There was a huge um, field where they were playing movies all, all day long. 
And that was where our parents were stationed for two weeks. Like they didn't have a roof over our head or anything. So just like in the middle. Yeah. And there was, there was a shelter, but Mm -hmm. they, they, they received food and their rations of food there for two weeks. Um, and they were at that refugee camp for about a year. Uh, it was a smaller refugee camp, and then they got sent to the camp, the refugee camp Vinay, the one that they all talk about now oh, for yeah, four years. Yeah, right. Um, and they were there. So, following their four-year stunt there, Dad, um, he was still debating whether he wanted to go there or not. They were unsure, and at that point, the American and Canadian government were starting to allow um, refugees to get into their country, um, but. He wasn't sure, especially because he had um, other health issues and he wasn't sure that he'd be able to survive um, America or Canada. Um, But my sister, who's actually our cousin, um, she was like, she's she was she was younger. So she was really excited about the opportunity to come to Canada or America. And so she went every day to the office to sign them up and was waiting for our, our names to be called. And one day they eventually called their name out um but you, you had to uh, give them like urine samples right um and you had to be like drug free mm-hmm. and all that and you know <laughs> among people they'd be you know um you know you know doing some stuff doing their favorite doing that wildlife their... yeah <laughs> favorite, favorite flower, favorite flower. <laughs> and so um our sister actually our sister cousin actually had to like do the urine sample to get our family across um for all of them? Not for all of them, just for dad. <laughs> right? Like, the rest of like, our moms are good to go. Um, and then... Bad daddy. And then, yeah. And <laughs> they were fearful that America wasn't going to accept them. Everybody wanted to get into America, and people were, like, fighting for a position to get into Why America. Because America is the land of the free. Yeah, and, a lot of people went there. Yeah, and most people that they knew were fleeing there. Like, who... And they were thinking Canada's cold. Like, what? What do we know about Canada? The U.S. Right? is cold too. Yeah, yeah but at the time, time, yeah, much, I know, I know. There's not America much. America was, yeah, yeah, yeah. place to be. Yeah, yeah there isn't like, much. If you ask anybody in this world, like, everybody knows what America is. But Canada mm-hmm. is still like a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Like America is the land of opportunity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so once I think what really sold it for I think Dad and our family was that. His son was born, my oldest brother <laughs> was born, and he thought about that long term. Um, and he was sad too because he had to leave behind his mom and I'm sorry, his not his mom, his dad and his older brother, your mm-hmm. grandpa. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was really, really sad about it. And I've heard him a million times talking about how he he would go to, he went to your grandpa. He's like, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna go. Vicky's grandpa. Um, yeah, Vicky's yeah. grandpa. Sorry, <laughs> I'm looking at Vicky. Uh, <laughs> Vicky's grandpa. And he was like, I'm, I'm gonna go. And he, like, um he it was a really it was a really sad um departure I bet. and it's just like oh gosh i just thinking about it breaks my heart and they really took a chance um i i don't know if i could have done it if i if i, if I was them so yeah. i can't imagine right imagine what you guys have to leave each other but like i'll see you when i see you yeah like that's nothing's for sure everything's just left yeah. to fate and to chance oh. basically the goodbye was like this will probably be the last time I'll ever see you if you don't de- if yeah. you decide to stay in Laos right yeah. yeah and I think I think your grandpa at the time decided that he was going to stay yeah he did right he passed there yeah he passed there mm-hmm. and a lot of people a lot of people decided to stay because there was hope that things would get better yeah um 
but you know it is it is what it is now so yeah. and he was part of that clan too i think he was like a general or something yeah he involved. was yeah, yeah he was involved I don't know the terms or anything but yeah he was <laughs> yeah he though he was not leaving that was not an option for him yeah think, at that time he's probably i imagine he was like really headstrong person oh i bet right yeah i should have interviewed my dad about him but yeah i only got my mom's side of the story that's okay yeah anybody have any questions for linda any questions i guess same thing yeah like what was the most surprising um i didn't know any like i didn't know any of this Mm -hmm. i was so shocked to hear um their perseverance like i would i'd be like i'm going back home like that's too many yeah literally it's like it's just like now it's like if one thing blocks you you're like bye yeah you turn yeah i feel like you're not as like four years yeah Yeah, in a refugee camp like just the fact that they spent two weeks under like no roof and like crossed back the river (laughs) yeah to my mom's that's a a life or death situation yeah like i guess it is you're you're living but maybe not the most comfortably but Mm -hmm. you want to go back to death yeah you want to live uncomfortably Mm -hmm. yeah and we've never experienced anything like that yeah it's like Mm -hmm. for us we've always been comfortable in our own house in our own bed never in danger yeah right, right. in mm. canada like it's so sad when you think about it yeah. did your yeah. mom talk about when the, like that time that she was separated from dad like what she what what did they do she was didn't she just talk like... much about it she just said that my mom and your mom were kind of concerned about when dad would find his way back mm. right and she told me another story about maybe he was stuck another time but he had um a bus full of uh, bus full of teachers came by mm. and he's like oh let me get on your bus like um and he got on their bus and posed as uh, a teacher to, wow. that was teaching another um in another country and they're you know how when you go to the border and they just like give me all your passports and they just flip through it it was yeah. like that and then so they got they had a, a paper for him if they were like are you Sam? He'd be like, I'm Sam, right? Um, <laughs> and then they let him through the, the checkpoint. And that's how he got to where to where mom mom and the cousins were. Maybe that's like after he crossed the yeah. river. Yeah. And it could have been. I, 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 I'm kind of not too sure on the timeline. But like my mom and I reflected on this. And I'm like, wow. She's saying like God has just had the like a plan mm-hmm. for them that they couldn't even fathom. Like Absolutely. the reason why we're in Canada and, you know, I'm. I feel so lucky to be here in Canada, to be honest, is just everything led to this very, like, moment, and everything led to us being here together, Mm -hmm. Um, and there's no coincidence for that, right? Mm. And my mom's like, God's plan was better than, like, any of ours. (laughs) I was like, for for real, because we're here. Just think of all the obstacles that they went through, and somehow they always ended up together. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Like, imagine that that reunion. Yeah. yeah, to see each other for the first time. Like After. if I was there, I would bald my. Yeah, head. like you never know if he was dead or alive. You yeah, know? I literally like when I moved away for, to school, I was like bawling my eyes because right? I wouldn't see my parents every day. Same. So imagine not knowing if you're ever gonna see them again, yeah. and then seeing them again. Like yeah, they and went through so much for us. Yeah, I, I want to know how like they found him in the refugee camp. Found who? Us. Like how they found dad. How who found who? Like. Like how they were separated, and then when they re like connected, I want to know if it was like they saw him walking through the refugee camp and was like, "Hey, come back!" 
Like, or did he know which camp they were at? Like, did he, I, was I, he like, take me to this no, camp? No, I'm confused about that. I'm confused about whether they were reunited before they crossed the Mekong River or um, if they were reunited in, After, in, in at the right. refugee camp. I, I'm still, that oh, the part okay. is cloudy to me. Mm. Um, but my mom wasn't like, and then we saw him, we're so happy. And he was just like, and then he returned. And then we left. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just like another piece of the story. Right? Yeah. And yeah. so he, they were just like, we were worried about him, but you know, he came back and then yeah. we were on our merry way. So, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, we could, we, we could have a whole other podcast about cultural their cultural um, experience in Canada, in North America in general, and how everything just their world was turned upside down. Like, yeah, and I they have some imagine. pretty funny ass stories that I think would be pretty exciting to, yeah. to Maybe share. Maybe one day we'll have them as um, guest speakers, and they can tell a story. Like, I was we'll do some interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> I was testing my mom on her English. I'm like, Mom, you want to be on our podcast? Okay. Tell me, like, talk us through in English. Like, yeah. And then I was like, mm-mm. She did good. She did better than I had expected. She was like, yeah. and then I go to the store. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wow, you could definitely be a guest on our on our podcast. Yeah, because yeah. I'm sure there's more people listening out there, too, who will be able to understand yeah. her side of the story. Yeah. Well, my, mom's, my mom's story was a little bit more about how they got to the refugee camp. Mm-hmm. So she said that... Um, her grandfather did not want to leave. He was like, I'm not going anywhere. This mm-hmm. is my country. I'm not leaving. Mm-hmm. But it got to a point where it just was too dangerous for mm-hmm. them to stay. Yeah. So he finally decided that he would go. And so um, my grandmother decided to go too. And then there was um, two Hmong tour guides who helped them flee Laos to Thailand and I guess I'm guessing that they had done this trip multiple times already because they knew exactly where to go for sure people were doing it like how to get past the Mekong River Mm -hmm. but it wasn't an easy trek um they had so my grandfather had two wives one was my grandmother and the other one was the first wife and between the three of them they had seven children under 12 that they had to take with them from Laos over the Mekong River to Thailand and this trek is like a few weeks long. It's not. It's not like a, let's drive and then tomorrow we're <laughs> like just boating across the Mekong. Right. It's like it's a trek, and they have to walk through the forest, through the jungle where mm-hmm. there's Vietnam like um, soldiers mm-hmm. who are like if you get caught or get hurt, they'll kill you. Yeah. So there's seven children under seven the age of twelve. Children. One being six months old. Wow. I'm sure we've heard many stories of how they have to keep their children quiet because you can't tell kids, like, be quiet or also die. They don't (laughs) understand that. So, unfortunately, they had to give them drugs, like opium. Drug them up. Yeah, to keep them quiet. And there's so many stories where they gave them too much because they're not doctors. They don't know how Mm -hmm. much to give them. So, Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, a lot of children died that way. And Mm -hmm. you have no choice but to just leave them there because you have to flee. Right? It's like, it's there's mm-hmm. like just thinking about that I is like unfathomable yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. So they said that they carried just the bare necessities, rice, pots and pans, a few blankets to keep them warm at nights and then so that they can still kind of cook and create a fire wherever they're stopped in the forest. Mm-hmm. And then she says that by the mercy of God and their prayers, um, they are able to escape the capture and after what seemed like an eternity, um, mm. their family reached the Mekong River and safely crossed it and arrived yeah. 
um, at a refugee camp in Thailand. Mm. And my mom said that they stayed at that camp for two years, which I didn't know. Mm. They stayed there for two years, and then they finally got placed in a sponsorship by a Lutheran church. And um, they came to Canada, and they the we we all came they all came to Ontario but they were in different cities like mm-hmm. I feel like when the more people came to Ontario they were all spread out through different cities and then eventually we all kind of came to the same place yeah but um, where they were was there weren't a lot of Hmong people of course there was just their family and luckily there was so many of them but um, I don't believe that my grandfather was with them at that moment mm-hmm. uh, oh no no yeah he did come with them but it was just like just imagining. Like, imagine, like, having to figure out day-to-day lives while your your life is flipped upside down. You have seven children. Mm. You don't speak any English. Your kids don't speak any English. Your sponsors are speaking to you, but you can't understand. Yeah. And you and you had to figure out how to kind of cope with everything. And so my mom says that eventually, after a few years, my, that both her moms were able to uh, slowly slowly adapt yeah but that my grandfather never really mentally mm, adapt yeah. and that um after two years of living in canada he was the first um Hmong person in canada he from from thailand to pass away oh. um, I, I never met him did he, he didn't pa- meet any of his of us yeah the grandkids how did he pass like was it natural um, i think it was yeah i think it was in his sleep oh. so there was there was no like was he older? Yeah, okay. I think he was older already. But um, the fact that he didn't mentally adapt is so sad. Yeah, because it was probably a lot like for him. Dreamt about riding the boat back. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think he was I think he was like part of the war. The army. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know too much about that. And I didn't yeah. ask her too much about it. Yeah. So I don't think she knows much either. She was only eight when he passed away. Mm. So and she's the second oldest of her siblings. Right. So. A lot of them, they they just all, and then from then I can only imagine how difficult it was for my my both both my grandmas to raise all of their kids because they had yeah. more kids when they came here right. without now grandpa a, a husband to yeah. to help them so they sacrificed so much and I remember she would just work all the time she would always be working you know working in the middle of the night picking worms and you know doing everything that she could to provide for her her kids. So that was the story that she gave me. It's all, every story I feel like that we shared is yeah. it's so crazy. It's just like I hear these stories. I, I like time and time again. I honestly I can't. I, I'm trying to like put myself in their shoes and try to imagine what they were going through, but I can't. There's nothing. There's nothing in my life that's even similar. To it like you know we have day-to-day troubles like oh we have to pay our bills or we have to we have to go to school like oh yeah we have so much homework but it's nothing compared to what they had to go through like life or death i've never been in that situation so really okay. really grateful to Aww. our grand- our parents for sacrificing so much for us so yeah. we can be here and sit in a room with all this equipment and in a podcast and talk to you guys about it so mm-hmm. let's give an applause to our parents yes yes for their sacrifice for their strength and resilience mm-hmm. and their hope in that God would would see them through right yeah. and it's sometimes I'm like I feel like uh, a brat like I feel like <laughs> all of yeah. the problems that we have you know I don't want to downplay them but 
it's just nothing compared to um, what they've had to go through. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes when we give our parents such a hard time, but they've they've they they literally um, sacrifice everything for us. Like Every, everything. if you think about it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So that's oh. how we came to be. Mm-hmm. That's how we are all here in um, Canada, the United States, and other countries, and it's it's crazy but you know we we also like so we're so grateful to all the the sponsors who took us into Mm -hmm. because without them you know they took us in and they're and to this day they still come around when we ask them to and yeah and show and you know they're 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 always so proud of how far we've come and yeah you know, we just we just had our Mommy years not too long ago. Mm-hmm. 40th, 40th anniversary. anniversary. Yeah, we've mm-hmm. been in. My mom said we've been in Canada now for forty years, and yeah. then I think in the states they've been there for forty four years. Yeah, this isn't you know forty years isn't it's not long. long. It's at not. All. It's yeah. not. Not because if you think of, Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're the first, first generation. Gen, yeah. We're first generation, and I think that's a topic that's gonna interweave in our podcast. Just our first generational experience. For sure, because it's. Not a lot of people can say that they're first gen no. these days. No. Right? So we're very new to this culture. We are. Yeah. yeah. Like, we, it's all we've known because we were born here. But if we really, like, take a step back and think about it, first generation, it's, like, it's a lot. It's a lot to handle because we, there's so many cultural differences. And um, we'll definitely get, dive into it deeper in another mm-hmm. podcast mm-hmm. Um, because I think we're coming up to the our um, cutoff time we've been talking for quite a bit now um, <laughs> before we close I just do want to say like really all glory to God yeah, yeah. he had a plan for all of us yeah. and, it, and, and it really worked out yeah and I like our stories aren't even are aren't even representative of the other stories that most people have gone through mm-hmm. and I know that so many people died trying to get to thailand mm-hmm. died in the mekong river drowned yeah. in the mekong river mm-hmm. um so uh, there's so much more we ta- only tapped into four stories you yeah. know? four stories yeah. out of the couldn't yeah. even make it <laughs> could barely make it yeah yeah so, so. It, i think i think um i'd like to mo- i'd like to know more about other people's journeys yes. i know yeah. that yes. there's Hmong people in canada in america in um france, france. Um, and there's a, there's a clan in Australia. Australia. There's yeah. in the French Guyane. Yeah. So wherever you're from, if you're Hmong, please Do contact you us. Do you want to share your yeah. story? Mm-hmm. Please um, contact us. We have Instagram, and we'd love to know. Yeah. You can DM us, and we'd love to know kind of your your story or your heritage or yeah. um, anything that you'd want to share with us. Because I just, you know, I'm really curious to know how many um how many countries we are dispersed in because yeah. I don't think we have the real stats no I no. don't think we do yeah. yeah you can also email us if you want to tell us a good story our, mm-hmm. our email is podcasthistories at gpl.com perfect so definitely send us an email and uh, we would love to read your story to to um, to spread the word about us because I feel like we've been through so much and we're such a loving and powerful people mm-hmm. but unfortunately because we don't have a country we can't we don't you know, there's not a lot of people who know about us, mm-hmm. but uh, we would love to to tell the world more about our yeah. culture. And our yeah, people. we could mm-hmm. even do like if maybe one day like a podcast where we share other people's experiences. Yeah, yeah. sure. I would love um, to do that. Yeah, because yeah. you know, there's a lot of things that, a lot of stories that we don't know about that we could definitely shed light on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, let's connect with each other. I think yeah. um, we haven't done a good job at trying to um, reach out with one another. Mm-hmm. I only know people from America. That's yeah. it, right? Yeah, because they're like our family. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but like right. we said, there's people in France and Australia. Yeah. I don't know anybody from Australia other than like, I think my dad's cousin's married to somebody there. But I would mm-hmm. love to reach out. I would love mm-hmm. for some Australians to reach mm-hmm. out to us. Like, I want to come visit you, yeah. eat at your house. No, yeah. I'm I mean, I'm not like, too excited <laughs> about those big spiders. But <laughs> <laughs> All them creatures yeah. up in that yeah. Yeah. country, man. Yeah, so I think that's good for today. I think yeah. we've shared a lot, and hopefully you guys enjoyed that. If you guys want to hear more, you know, let us know. DM us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, our Instagram uh, handle is Podcast Her Stories. Check us out there. Make sure you give us a follow. And like I said, if you guys want to give us an email, we can read that for you too. And uh, that's it for today, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so. As we said in the first episode, we like to close off with saying goodbye in Mo. So, I guess for next time, Shinji This podcast was made possible by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me explain why it's the easiest way to make and publish your podcast. First of all, it's free. You can create, record, and edit your podcast right from your own phone or computer. Anchor helps distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on all major platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Lastly, Anchor allows you to make money from your podcast with absolutely no minimum listenership. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M.